0: Hi, it's your pal, Steamed Hams. Join me every week on the Unforgettable Luncheon as we discuss topics in the nerd world like gaming, comics, cartoons, and whatever else may cross my mind. You can find me on the socials as SteamedHams81 on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. You can also find me as the Unforgettable Luncheon on Facebook. And check out Steamed Hams Merchatorium, the link to which will be in the description of this podcast. The Unforgettable Luncheon, nerd comedy at its okayest I'm steamed hams, comedian, paramedic, gamer, plus podcaster. You're about to enter the world of my nerd comedy. You're about to enter my podcast. Listen as they tell the tale of a 1980s supernatural spoof. Listen to my jokes, 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 jokes as I discuss Garth Marenghi's Dark Place today on the Unforgettable Luncheon. Hi, it's your pal Steamed Hams. I hope you're ready for an Unforgettable Luncheon. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is a 2004 series spoofing 1980s supernatural and sci-fi dramas with deliberately low production value, bad acting, and terrible writing. It was created by comedians Matthew Holness and Richard Ayoade, the latter you might know as Moss from The IT Crowd. If you've never seen The IT Crowd, do check it out. It is hilarious. It was based on a stage play called Garth Marenghi's Fright Night. It featured the characters of Garth Marenghi, horror author who was long on ego but short on talent, and his publisher-slash-publicist, Dean Lerner, played by Wholeness and Ayoade, respectively. It became the basis for the series that we later now are talking about. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is framed as a lost 1980s supernatural drama that was written, directed, and stars Marenghi, with music based on melodies originally whistled by Garth Marenghi. The show had been produced, but never broadcast, by Channel 4 in Britain, citing its, quote, radicality. But it had a short run in Peru, according to Marenghi in the first episode's introduction. The episodes are intercut with interviews of the cast in in character as a sort of director's commentary. The show was brought back as Channel 4 had been going through, quote, The worst artistic drought in uh, broadcast history. I mean, it must be bad if they decided they needed to air six episodes of Dark Place, a show they rejected horribly in the beginning. Every episode begins with an introduction by Morengi, as he reads an excerpt from one of his many, many books in an over-the-top manner, where it seems he repeats words over and over again like he's trying to make a word count for writing these. He also tells you how he spent three hours of his life putting together interviews with the other cast, which, you know, can be draining on a man. The show takes place at the fictional Dark Place Hospital in Romford, England, situated over a portal to hell. I mean, who in their right mind builds a hospital over a portal to hell? Well, on the plus side, you don't have to wait forever for your insurance claim to get denied because... The insurance company's right on site. I mean, what with it being right there in hell. But then again, if you live in the U.S., you know that health insurance is basically a product of hell. But it has saved my ass on a number of occasions. It's just a pain in the ass getting stuff to be covered. It follows the adventures of Rick Dagless, Dr. Rick Dagless, who's played by Garth Marenghi, played by Wholeness. Uh, He's a doctor at Dark Place Hospital who battles the forces of evil while dealing dealing with the pressures of day-to-day admin. He's a Vietnam War vet and former warlock. He's written as what is called a Mary Sue character, Uh, something that's like a character who possesses whatever skills or information is needed to progress the plot. You know, one episode, he may be an expert mechanic but the next episode, he knows everything about the occult. You know, that sort of thing. But that's Garth's ego for you. Every, like, almost all his lines and his actions were meant to stroke Garth Marenghi's ego as an actor and author. Marenghi is joined by his publisher slash publicist, Dean Lerner, played by Richard Eowati, uh, who plays hospital administrator Thornton Reed. Lerner is easily the worst er- actor of the cast, like, no joke. His his stuff is deliberately, like, wooden. He has no idea what he's doing. It's funny as hell. But Marenghi said he didn't want an act. He wanted the truth. That's why he cast Lerner. Many of Lerner's lines were done in close-ups. Since he was so bad, he kept ruining takes with the other actors. And, of course... His terrible acting was also the cause for the shoddy editing, as takes had to be cut together awkwardly in order to make a usable scene. He answers to his boss, the oft-mentioned but never-seen wonton. Lerner, as you see in the interviews, is just as delusional and self-absorbed as Garth Marenghi. Reed carries his trademark shotgun whenever there's a fight. And there's a fight just about every episode. If he doesn't have that shotgun, he's got his bullhorn, which he uses to shout at you from like three feet away. Next we have Dr. Liz Asher, played by Madeline Wool, played who's played by Alice Lowe. She's the stereotypical fluffy blonde who has the occasional psychic powers, when the plot calls for them, of course. She's a graduate of Harvard College, Yale, where she aced all her classes and got an A. Madeline Wool had since disappeared uh after the filming of the series and Lerner may have had a hand in that as implied through the interviews according to Lerner, she may be dead and buried in the eastern block if she got a burial for those of you don't know what the eastern block is remember that the show was supposedly produced in the 1980s and that's something you might want to look up in your history books finally we have Dr. Lucian Sanchez, played by Todd Rivers, who is played by the always awesome Matt Berry, a.k.a. Laszlo Cravensworth from What We Do in the Shadows, also a.k.a. Jackie Daytona, but, you know, (laughs) that's a great episode. He's also known as the greatest voice in television history. I mean, that man's voice seems like it was created, that it is not for man. But, one of the best parts about his character is he's impossibly handsome. His hair is always is always good, no matter what is going on. And most of his dialogue is actually looped in, making for the most off-sync and hammy readings possible. I mean, just it, it, some of his stuff is to be seen to be believed. He honestly has like some of the best dialogue, though. Plus, Todd Rivers has a synthwave song released in the 80s called One Track Lover, which, yes, you can find on YouTube, and it is absolutely awesome and, like, one of the most 80s things you will see. Now, every episode is just off the wall. From possessed patients who are a gateway to hell to mutant ape men who plan to mutate everybody else into an ape man by peeing in the water supply, I am not kidding, the show is just madness. Garth's overly descriptive, master of the obvious narration is just top-notch. I went for a drive. That's why I'm now in a car. And I got the call too early for a shower, so I had to do with a quick quick rinse on the key areas. I mean, there are only six episodes of this series, but every one of them is just about more hilarious than the, than the last. So, these episodes there's a there's a bit of a discontinuity to them because according to garth in the interviews there were like 67 of them produced but we're only seeing six so we don't know where in the series these six are and that's i think that's the best part of it is the fact that you don't know what in the flying fuck is going on at any given time with this series and that's what makes it so damn funny Now the first episode is great. Kind of introduces everybody. Um, it was called "Once Upon a Beginning," which is lazy writing in itself. You know, Liz appears at the hospital for the first time. She had just graduated from Harvard College, Yale, and was applying for the doctor's job. My the best introduction to a series ever was she sees a cat. The cat, of course, doesn't just come walking out from you know behind a wall. Someone, literally a pair of hands, just drops it in front of her from a door. And she's like, ooh, a cat. At which point she discovers when she talks to Dr. Sanchez that she has psychic powers. And they find out that a former friend of Dr. Rick Douglas, MD, uh, has become a portal to a hellmouth. And he has to... He has to destroy him in order to close that Hellmouth. Now, the reason he became a portal, his friend Larry, was Rick and Larry were warlocks. And they decided one night to go to the hospital cafeteria and perform a ritual. Well, about halfway through this ritual, Dagless leaves to go to the kitchen to fix them a couple of coke floats. When he came back, Larry had gone insane and had left the portal to the Hellmouth open, letting evil just get everywhere. He was able to close it but you know not entirely. He then finds Rick exploding in his room and has to destroy him in order to close the hellmouth. And I th- this is a this is a, a show that has to be seen to be believed. I can't describe everything, but you get to see some of the greatest dialogue from Thornton Reed where just the editing is terrible, but the funeral scene is the best cuz Daglas says, hey, I have to burn the corpse. And they go to the funeral and lots of crazy editing and gunshots and a flamethrower later, the, series, the episode's over. Now, the next episode where they truly delve into uh, Liz's psychic abilities pretty much is uh, called Hell Hath Fury. Where she gets angry because she gets yelled at by the cook because everybody wants their chicken for lunch, and it'll just be five minutes. So when she gets upset, all of a sudden objects start flying around, and, well, they first suspect the hospital's new temp uh, clerical assistant, who's, play, who's played as American, and whenever they whenever they show him talking, it's always from the shoulder up, and he's always got a big smile, like they just kind of added this in later. Uh, And they end up having to contend with all sorts of flying objects attacking them, which leads to another one of my favorite gags was Dr. Sanchez pulling out a gun to shoot at at an iron that was coming at him, only for the gun to, to decide to turn on him, at which point he throws it down, reaches for his backup, and shoots a gun with a gun. I'm not making this up. I mean, I'm not going to spoil all the best parts of this series, but you have to watch this, okay? Now, the next episode is just freaking weird because it gets introduced by Marengi as something from his life as he had supposedly lost a child, but how do I put this? He talks about how... uh, he had a medical condition that allowed that did not allow him to have a child or something of the sort. Um, and he talks about his his child his deceased child Skipper, who is a half human half, gra- half grasshopper boy. And a man gave birth to a giant eyeball after being how do I put this assaulted by another giant eyeball who may have been a pair of testicles with a schlong. And he decides he wants to save said weird eyeball child while it could be a potential killer, and the rest of the hospital is is trying to get that baby back so they can destroy it because they don't know. This is where Lerner's bullhorn makes its debut. They're all of five feet away, and he's yelling at Douglas through a bullhorn on the roof of the hospital. Also to note, Every single episode of this show ends on the hospital roof with Douglas making some sort of inter- internal monologue and reflecting on the episode's events, which becomes a funny running gag. The next episode is one of my personal favorites. It's called The Apes of Wrath, and basically a mysterious illness is spreading through the hospital transforming doctors and patients into basically ape people. And it's found that a mutant ape is more or less peeing in the water supply and transforming people. After he's caught by Dagless, by the way, this this ape guy is played to perfection by Noel Fielding. If you don't know who Noel Fielding is, he's a great British comedian. He's one of the hosts of the Great British Bake Off, and nerds like me might know him as Richmond. From the IT crowd. Easily the best character on that show. Okay, they get into a bike chase that is the greatest chase ever put to film in history. It was bicycles, but they had motorcycle noises. Look it up on YouTube. It is fricking-tastic. Um, it's easily one of my favorite episodes... It's one of the ones I use to kind of draw people into the series. Like, hey, watch this. This is funny. This is from this TV show. It's great. You know, next. uh, This is, I would say, one of my least favorite episodes. But, I mean, we're all going to have that. Called Scotch Mist. Where a Scottish mist descends on Dark Place. And, of course, Douglas must act to protect the English people from the Scottish invasion. And the best part is... The Scottish ghosts were actually after Daglas because when he was a young man visiting Glasgow, he went to a fish and chip shop and ordered a burger and that offended them. I'm not making this up. This is just pure weirdness. So he has to make amends with these Scottish ghosts that are out to kill everybody. The final episode was called The Creeping Moss from the Shores of Sugath. It sounds like a book that uh, Marenghi would write. And basically, there's extraterrestrial broccoli infection. And, of course, a woman is infected with this, and Dr. Sanchez falls in love with her, and, yeah, it's just weird. It's one of those episodes that you have to watch to get. Okay, so... I'm not going to lie, I'd love to see this show get revived or maybe have a continuation. There was even talk of a film that um, Matthew Holness and Richard Iowati were in the process of kind of writing because Channel 4 had approached them about this, and it never got made, unfortunately. I mean, the two of them obviously went off in other things. Uh, Matthew Holness still plays... Garth Marenghi, and he's actually written a book called Terror Tome, which under, you know, as Marenghi, and he's doing a cool book tour across the UK, which I swear to God, if he ever came to the States, yeah, I would go to that. 100% I would call off work and go to that. But the show has obviously low production value, which made it hysterically funny, such as the car was more or less a golf cart with a, with a windshield kind of attached to it. And they were always driving at night, never driving during the day, always driving at night because you always saw the curtain behind them making it look like there was black. And they'd run a flashlight across their face to make it look like lights were just passing by. Um, When they had all the telekinetic objects flying around, you could very obviously see the fishing line that these things were being held on. It was great. It, It was just the special effects budget was near zero, obviously, on this show. It, it's a terrific show. The wooden acting is hilarious. My favorite line will always be, Cool, it's Sanchez, or you'll get a knuckle supper. Yeah, and they always they always try to employ slow-mo to pad out the, the episodes because they were running eight minutes too short. But the slow-mo would either be legitimate slow-mo that they would do, or it would be someone basically acting in slow-mo while you could tell it was not slow-mo from things in the background like when dr Douglas would be running somewhere dramatically in slow-mo and you could see him kicking up his legs in the back like he's running but he's deliberately running slow like he's in (sighs) slow-mo this show is just hilarious um I'd heard about it for years, but I never knew what it was until one day I stumbled upon it on prime. And I'm like, you know what? Everybody keeps talking about this. I'm going to check it out. I watched it. I fell in love with it. You should do the same. Garth Marenghi's dark place was an absolutely bonkers show. It's just pure comedy genius. It riffs on the high egos of, and behaviors of some writers And performers in the 80s on some of these shows, you know, Marenghi himself is a parody of. He's like Stephen. he, He thinks he's Stephen King, but he doesn't have the media savvy that Stephen King does. I mean, this show practically seems like it would have been done during that era when Stephen King was heavily on drugs. I mean, look at Maximum Overdrive. That was when he was on drugs. He does not even remember directing that movie. Okay, that's how many drugs he was on. I'm surprised that Marengue wasn't doing that amount of drugs, but he was just egotistical, you know, and he was kind of like Harlan Ellison, how Harlan Ellison was kind of kind of prickly, but he had the talent to back it up, you know and 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 his ego is so great that he actually slips one of his books into a scene and says, This looks like a taut thriller that will take my mind off of things and sits down to read it, and it's obviously a book. With Garth Marenghi on it. It's a paperback. It's well used. And I believe the I believe the title was Splicer 4. So he made three more of those. Dude, horror novels should not have sequels. Horror novels should be standalone. Horror movies, one or two sequels. Don't do the sequel-itis nonsense like you get with Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Saw. Hell. I mean, some of these like paranormal activity and whatnot, you didn't need six of those. You don't need 10 saws. You don't need 113 Halloweens. Okay. I mean, when John Carpenter wants to quit a series, you know it should be done. You know, he didn't even want to do a second Halloween. Okay. I'm getting off track here, but. Definitely check out the show. If you want to find it, it is on Prime Video, Peacock, and Pluto TV. You can also, if you don't have any of those, at least check out clips on YouTube. I highly recommend it. You'll get a huge laugh out of it. Well, that's it for another unforgettable luncheon. I hope a good time was had by all. You can find me on the socials as Steamedhams81 on Twitch, X, also known as Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, and now on TikTok as SteamedHams81. And you can find me as the Unforgettable Luncheon on Facebook. You can also check out my merch store, Steamed Hams Merchatorium, for all your great Unforgettable Luncheon uh, merchandise needs. Links will be in the description under my link tree. I'm your host, Steamed Hams. Join me next time when the topic will be something nerdy.